0: The Secrets of Dr Who is brought to you by The Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous supporters. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com/donate. You're listening to The Secrets of Dr Who, episode number 80.
1: for over 2,000
0: years. I am Scottish. I can complain about things. Yuck. Shush. Hi, I'm Don Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. Today we're discussing the first Doctor, William Hartnell, story, The Aztecs. Joining me today on the panel are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? And Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Hey, Dom. So, just a, a quick before we get started, I just want to uh, kind of talk to you, uh, the folks about keeping an eye out on sqpn.com for some new shows we've got coming. We've uh, we've got, we've got uh, StarQuest Headlines, which is we've we've been doing for a couple months now. It's a daily two minutes headlines of the the sorts of things that are of interest to people who listen to uh, SQPN. Um, science fiction, sci- hard science stories. Um, stuff from the Pope that is interesting. Uh, just we well, get three or four headlines every day. Uh, check it out. Uh, also a couple other shows we got coming. If they're not already up yet, they'll be there soon. Uh, the Pilgrim Life with Deborah Shaban and Sandy Garazar, which is about um being a pilgrim. So like act like taking actual pilgrimages to places like the Camino de Santiago in Spain or. Um, going to the shrines in Mexico. Um, not those ones. Although if you want to take a pilgrimage to Plymouth <laughs> Plantation in Massachusetts, I suppose that could work. But also just about having a pilgrimage attitude, a pilgrim attitude about life and uh, that sort of thing. So, um, and uh, the Catholic Traveler with Mountain Buterac, uh, which is another sort of travel-related show. Mountain is a, that's his real name, Mountain Buterac. Uh He's an American living in Rome with his family, who uh, works as a pilgrimage guide, travel guide to folks. If you ever go to Rome, um, he's the guy you'd hire, and he'd take you to see the best sites. You say, I want to see like these five saints, or I want to see the best places for apostles. And he'll design an itinerary one day, a week, whatever. He also leads pilgrimage groups to the Holy Land, to Ireland. So we're going to have him on. He has amazing adventures and a lot of fun. So those are coming up. Keep an eye out for those. we'll talk about it more as they, as they come online. If you want to find out about these things as they're happening, two things. Go to sqpn.com, uh sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we don't send out more than maybe one a month if that if I if I can remember to send one out. Uh so you may you may get like one email a month from us. Um and go to our Facebook page, go to our Twitter, uh, follow us on those like us on those um sqpn uh, on both of those um and uh, you'll stay up to date on those, so that said, let's get to what we're here to talk about uh Doctor Who, the Aztecs uh this is a uh a historical what they called in the old days, which is mm-hmm. um it's there's nothing supernatural, no space aliens, no science fiction. This is about traveling to a different time and interacting with those
1: people. Just a bunch of white English (laughs) men and women acting like Aztecs. (laughs) Exactly.
2: And this was part of the original design of the show, which was part of its educational remit for children. Um, We were going to have science-oriented shows, which would feature Ian as the science teacher, and history-oriented shows that would feature Barbara as the history teacher and so this is barbara's totally in her element in this she knows all about the aztecs uh in some of the spinoff media they they uh established that she like did her master's thesis on aztec civilization hmm. uh to explain why she knows so much about this uh this episode was a story was written by john Lucarati, who, uh who is responsible for a number of other doctor who stories almost all in the first doctor's time and and all historicals in that time. He also wrote Marco Polo, which was a really cool story that unfortunately doesn't exist in video anymore, only on audio. Uh, And uh, he wrote The Massacre massacre of St. Bartholomew's Eve. He wrote The Aztecs. Uh, So he did three historicals for the first doctor. And then he did the original draft of a fourth Doctor story, "The Ark in Space," um, which is the one with the Weirin, the kind of wasp monster. Um, mm-hmm. Except he didn't do the revised draft because he was apparently on vacation or traveling or something, and someone else had to do the rewrite. Mm.
0: Interesting, yeah. Robert Holmes, I think, was credited with that story. Yeah. Um, it, so this it's interesting. This this. Um, the, basically the basic premise so this is um 1964 was when this aired the that first season um and this is the sixth story of that season so they're they're deep into that season at this point um but it's the first the couple of firsts for this episode it's the first story a dark story that deals with uh the issue of changing history changing yes. the course of history it, it's a major plot point in this one. Um but also the first to involve a romantic subplot for the doctor. Uh, yeah. How about the first that? doctor is my boyfriend mm-hmm. story. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and so a couple of comments about
2: that. Um, the one of the interesting things now, the doctor didn't have except for this episode. He really didn't have a real or I'm going to say episode when I mean story. Just. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the uh, the doctor is. Uh, is treated as a romantic figure in this story, and we know he has a sexual nature because Susan is his granddaughter. Mm -hmm. But as the Classic Who era progressed, the show's creators became uncomfortable with this, and and they wanted to make it clear to the audience everything is purely platonic with the Doctor and his companions, and they so de-emphasized the doctor as a sexual being that there were even speculations that susan may not be his granddaughter hmm. uh but just someone he was traveling with which hmm. it, it okay so it, i mean that qu- kills one problem to create another it's even creepier if she's not his granddaughter <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, so uh but i but none of that had set in yet so you know in this and in, in this time frame in the show's history The doctor was presented as someone who was a sexual being because he had a granddaughter. And it's not unreasonable to then say, well, could he have a September romance, which he then does in this episode? He's totally in to Kamika. They make that really clear. I mean, we get. Facial close-ups and everything. And Although he's just,
1: his, his, his expression when he realizes that making cocoa for her was absolutely like a, <laughs> yeah, uh, a, proposal. a marriage proposal. <laughs> yeah,
0: that that was priceless. That that was yeah. very well acted. I've made some it good is, cocoa before, but not wedding proposal, a marriage proposal cocoa. cocoa. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but
2: but from the way he acts, I mean, just from his facial expressions and the camera angles and stuff, it's clear he totally digs Kamika. Oh, yeah, and um and he's even talking to her about how happy he is. And all this stuff, and 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 she says you've declared your love for me, and he agrees. <laughs> right. Yes, he just didn't realize that he had proposed marriage in, <laughs> in declaring his love for her, and and so no, there's, there's this there's this comedic aspect uh, to his relationship with her as well. And given, and this is this is my personal headcanon here, <laughs> but given the fact that that there's this real romance that's also played for comedy, making the doctor uncomfortable, by this woman who's middle-aged and who looks kind of like River Song and that given River Song is a time traveler, in my head canon, (laughs) Kamika (laughs) is River Song playing (laughs) with the first doctor. Oh, that would be too funny. (laughs) If If I ever write for Big Finish or something, that's becoming canon. Oh, that's funny! <laughs> that now here's great. kind of an
1: interesting irony of this, of that. Um, of course, William Hartnell, at the time that this was w- being recorded and aired, he was 55 years old. That just amazes so, me. Um, he yeah, seems so much older. The actress, He's five years older Kimika, than me. <laughs> The actress who played Kamika wasn't even 30; she was 28. Right. Was she really? Wow. She was
2: born in 1935, and of course, this was 64. Wow,
0: With this
2: hair. yeah, they, which explains she's supposed to be in her 50s, but yeah. to our, to my eyes, she looks like she's maybe early 40s. Yeah, yeah I mean, she they, actually, they whiten her even hair a little bit. Point. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. They, they they give her a little gray. It's just
1: that's... kind of funny that there was that big of a difference, yet they were supposed to be
0: playing characters that at least looked <laughs> similar age. <laughs> I just love the idea of the doctor trolling through a retirement community with a cup of cocoa. Like I mean, that's essentially what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's let's talk about what's going on here. So, the TARDIS arrives in the in a 15th century Mexican temple uh, from Marinus. We just left uh, the keys of Marinus, and like it literally follows on from the TARDIS uh, dematerializing there and materializing inside a tomb of this Aztec priest. Um, Barbara and uh, Susan kind of leave the TARDIS before the Doctor and and Ian do, and Barbara immediately is like, "Oh, this is Aztec because was well, established She's an expert of some sort mm-hmm. in Aztec stuff. She grabs, she starts picking up things and playing with them, which is a bad idea from an archaeological standpoint, but you know, whatever. And uh, and yeah. she puts on this bracelet, steps out. Then uh, Susan discovers this ingenious, door. yeah, this ingenious uh, secret door. Uh, This huge slab of rock really made a styrofoam, but come on, let's go with it. Of course. Uh, This this huge slab of rock that rotates um, uh, on a uh, horizontal axis. Uh, at the push of a, just of a, of a 15 year old girl. And, and then we all, from, we all want that in our house. Side. Yeah, one from side, one yes. side. We,
1: we all want that in our house. We want like the secret room that you can, that, you know, the way
0: to get in. No one else can. Oh yeah. My wife and I have this agreement that if I hit, if we hit the lottery, um, uh, there's this company that uh, I always see their videos on Facebook. I'm totally calling them to design the uh, secret <laughs> passages in our house. That's, just, that's mm-hmm. a thing. Uh, um, anyway, so, uh, they, they walk out from this room and there are these, uh, Aztec priests there and mis- sees the bracelet on Barbara and thinks that she's the reincarnation of this, uh, Aztec, the deceased Aztec priest in the tomb. Who um, is also a god. Who's, uh, mm-hmm. right, right. They, I guess they have deification of, uh, ancestors. And, and, and so then we have this very interesting complex plot. Uh, which is you have this one, the high priest of knowledge, Otlok, um, who calls Barbara Yataxa and believes in her as a god. And then you have uh, the high priest of sacrifice, Tlatoxel, Tlok- yeah, the...
2: Yeah, which for some twisted. reason the actors can't pronounce consistently.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised.
2: They're, they're, I, I, I heard them saying at various times, TOTOXIL or LOTOXIL. They had trouble saying CLOTOXIL.
0: I think I take LOTOXIL uh, every day with yeah. you know, 50 milligrams. Of course, it's
1: funny about that because there's the whole scene with Ian where he couldn't pronounce it, and the, they all jump on him about it. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. Yeah. Unbox <laughs>
2: name. The the incidentally the uh, as a linguist here's a trick that you can use to figure out how to pronounce uh, words like this. Um, The English the reason clotoxyl is hard for us to pronounce is we don't in English have an initial tl sound we never mm-hmm. encounter tl on the front of words and so we're not used to saying it at the start of a word the way you can teach yourself to pronounce things like that is put it in the middle of a word so mm-hmm. if you can say hot and you can say lock and you can say hot lock then say hot lock without the h o and it becomes pla. well we can we say out lock because it's two yeah. syllables. Outlock would work too. Yeah. And then just say it without the ow and it becomes clock. So yep. this guy's name is Clotoxel.
0: Clotoxel. Right. Okay. Um, so we, we, what happens is, is this power struggle between the priest of sacrifice and the priest of uh, of knowledge uh, with Barbara in the center. Um, and apparently it is
2: not against Barbara's programming to impersonate a deity.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and uh, I, i'm I'm just going to lance the boil on this one yeah. this, so Barbara is super concerned about the existence of human sacrifice in their right. civilization she and she is also sympathetic to their civilization. She says mm-hmm. when this Aztecs came, I mean when the Spaniards came, they only saw the Aztecs' human sacrifice they didn 't see all of the good in their civilization, right. and so Barbara wants to rewrite history by so that the Aztecs drop human sacrifice before the Spaniards get there, so they'll see the good and they won't be destroyed. And she's very concerned about the evil of human sacrifice, but what she's blind to is the evil of impersonating a deity and having people <laughs> worshipping
0: her. Right, right. That's the the using evil means to a good end. Yeah, Uh, And that's a classic. Yeah. So one of the things that that, uh, I was wondering, because I I am not an expert in Aztec uh, lore, uh, how accurate any of this is to actual Aztec uh, history? It's it's really
2: surprisingly accurate. Uh, Mm -hmm. John Lucarati did a lot of research. And so when they're talking about things like the 13 heavens and the five suns and that's all real and um, also real. And I was surprised by this, but I did some checking on it. Um, apparently a lot, because in this episode, the sacrifice victims are depicted as willing. They're kind of like food in a certain way. (laughs) Um, and, and, but, and in a lot of Mesoamerican cultures, um, and in a lot of other cultures that perform human sacrifice, the sacrifices were not willing. They were like captives in battle. Right. And, but apparently, in the uh, in we do have documentation of willing victims in, mm-hmm. in Aztec sacrifice. Not necessarily all victims were willing. No, there do know some
1: There were very much uh, uh, that same mindset of those who were captured in battle would be sacrificed as well, and especially mm-hmm. as the sacrifices got more and more and more prevalent with the Spaniards conquering, um, they ran out of willing victims and decided to go with other not-so-willing victims.
0: Right. Um, okay, and and then the other aspects, I guess then we're, we're on target of the, the two different priests, the priests of knowledge, the priests of uh, sacrifice, and that sort of stuff. That um, I don't know. Yeah, no. I'm kind of curious. What we do have here is something we've talked about before, which is the, the, the key trope is the Doctor and his companions are separated from the TARDIS again. Like, we just had yeah. that in the Keys of Marinus, <laughs> and then they walk away from the Tatar skin, and the door closes behind them, and they can't get to it.
2: Um, and in the in the Impossible Planet, in our right. podcast order, we had the yep. same exact thing. <laughs> right, we have a Houston, we have a Chief Tardis separation. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you would think by the, by the time you know of, of the tenth Doctor, the Doctor would have Tardis separation anxiety.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: it's traumatic.
1: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so Barbara, she she sort of takes to this regal role right off the bat. I mean, they they she gets. They put her in these robes and the headdress and, and she's like already, like when they when the doctor and Ian show up, she's already like, I am the goddess Yataksah and 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 is in control there. Um so it's very interesting how quickly she adapts to this. Um Meanwhile Ian gets roped into competing to be the champion and will have to participate in that human sacrifice. Uh poor Ian. Uh he's with just, Ian with with uh, martial arts, who do? Uh, now, see, now, the thing I'm thinking is, is that Ian, at this time, n- early 1960s, is maybe old enough to have been in World War II?
2: Maybe, but he certainly is of an age to have been, you know, in the military forces for some time before becoming a school teacher.
0: Right. So, so, so it's not
2: implausible.
0: Right. I mean, the, the idea that, you know, you could show up and, you know, the greatest warrior of the uh, Aztec civilization, uh, you defeat with a little... Uh, you know, jujitsu, whatever. Yeah, uh, with his thumb. I love the Vulcan early Vulcan nerve pinch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, hey, i my brother did that on me a few times. I know how painful it is, so mm. I, I, I'm sympathetic we with hit that uh, one nerve. Yeah, it tacks out there. Uh, uh, you hit that nerve in the shoulder. Um, so, uh, you know, Ian and the doctor have sort of free run. Uh, Susan has a few um, errors in protocol. And so she yep. sent off to what they call the seminary to be trained.
2: <laughs> yeah. That. And
0: we should explain um,
2: the, for Americans, I don't know how it is in England, but for Americans, the word seminary refers to a school where priests are trained and they're not training Susan to be a yeah. priest. In older English and in older British English, a seminary was just a school. Ooh. And so if you like are a Gilbert and Sullivan fan like I am and you watch the Mikado, uh, you'll, you know, the three little maids in that, uh, operetta are like th- three little maids, uh, who have just come from a seminary and meaning they've just come, they're on their school break. And so now would it would have been more like a boarding school than just your traditional
1: yeah. neighborhood school.
2: Yeah. And so, so by having Susan go to this seminary, she's just going to be schooled in proper Aztec culture. Hmm.
0: Um, one of the things that, that happens at the end of this first – the first of these four episodes uh, in this story is is this whole thing where Barbara wants to change history and change the Aztecs to, to use her power, the misunderstanding of her as a god, uh, to stop human sacrifice. And so what we have in the plot is that um, there's – they want to the, – the, the priests want to sacrifice, have a human sacrifice, a willing sacrifice uh, to make it rain. Um, although outlook is already as the priest of high knowledge is already kind of showing some understanding that the sacrifices don't actually cause the rain. Um, yeah.
2: They're just being timed to coincide with the beginning of the
0: rains. Right. Right. Um, and, and go ahead. You, well, one, one thing I want to point out too,
1: is this, I think this is the first time where the, the doctor, you know, he, he says you
2: can't change time. And he says, believe me, I know I've tried. Right, mm-hmm. right. He, he also says, and I, I wrote this line down exactly. He's talking to Barbara. He says, but you can't rewrite history, not one line. Yeah. And years later, Stephen Moffat takes that line and puts it in the mouth of River Song and bends it slightly to don't you mm-hmm. dare rewrite history, not one line, talking mm. about her history with the doctor.
0: Interesting. Right. Interesting. Um, that, that also plays into Kameka being uh, River Song. She was there. Yeah. <laughs> she was there. <laughs> Maybe she heard it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what happens is, is she, she demands this. the Barbara commands that the human sacrifice stop. And uh, the Tlotoxel t-lo- <laughs> and Ishtaka are outraged, as is the victim, who throws himself from the top of the pyramid anyway. Yeah. And, so
2: right there, on screen suicide on a yep. children's show. Yeah. Exactly. And that's amazing. And then Barbara is totally stoic about it afterwards.
0: Right. Right. This not a whole lot of emotion. It was a it was a underplayed baby. Um but I mean she did kind of show, you know, a, a little bit of surprise, but yeah,
1: it wasn't like this, you know, absolute you know, gasp and you know, cover her face or anything like that. Yeah.
2: It's it's very out of keeping with the kind of way women could be portrayed on television at the time as kind of hysterical. Yeah. And she is not at all. She just she doesn't. I mean, she may be surprised and show a little bit of disgust with it, but she like soldiers on in oh, her. Yeah. I am a God and I'm going to fix this situation.
0: Right. Role. And makes herself the target now of, the well, if he, we can't sacrifice that guy, we're going to sacrifice you and, and, and really. Solidifies her enemy in Thlatoxil. Uh There's an interesting moral quandary that comes up because of Ian's uh, been placed in this role of champion for bar for Barbara or Yatoxa, um, He has to accompany that the human sacrifice to the altar of sacrifice, um, mm-hmm. and the doctor tells him not to interfere. And there's a sort of there's a moral quandary in that. Of, yeah, you know, like what what should we what you know if if you happen to travel with a doctor and are placed in this situation <laughs> as a Christian, what do we do? What you know, I'll put it to you, Father Corey, since you're the, you are our, our priest here, uh, the priest of knowledge and of sacrifice. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> just, not, just not human, not human way, sacrifice. sacrifice. Right. Just, you know, um, sacrificing God.
1: Uh, you know, <laughs> and it, that that is a very good question. I mean, it, it's my instinct would be to say is that I could not participate. I could not just stand there and be the guard who does it even if that puts my life at risk, Mm. you know, because that's that's the same question people have of if you were a guard in a I mean, let's use a modern day context. You're a guard in a prison and your job is to march this prisoner, whether he's innocent or guilty for death penalty. Well, if you're opposed to death penalty, could you do that job?
2: Mm.
1: You know, know, I, I think some would argue you if you're truly. If that is something that you consider wrong, you couldn't do that job. You would have to find another job within the prison, if not another place as a guard in general.
0: Although there might be a case you could make where uh, accompanying someone that is going to go anyway, accompanying them is um, you can provide uh, some sort of comfort. But you're the one that
1: has to hold him down as he's being strapped into the chair, <laughs> right? Right, that because would be, that
0: would be the direct parallel. Yeah, is that would being be. Ian
1: had to hold his legs as the guy is being
0: stabbed. That's true. That's true. Jimmy, do you have any uh,
2: insight into this? I think it depends on the situation uh, that one finds oneself in. If if you're in, a, if someone breaks into your house and is about to kill somebody, and you have no power to stop them and trying will only result in your death as well then it can be morally legitimate to to not interfere um, so like if if let's say i and my wife are in a ho- are in a, in a house together and someone breaks in and starts to kill me and for my wife to interfere would only get her killed too mm-hmm it would be legitimate for her to hang back and and try to escape or do something else, but not interfere in me being killed. Right. Um, On the other hand, if there is something she could do to help save my life, uh, then she would be responsible to to make the effort, assuming the risks to her were proportional. Um, And so you translate that principle into other situations. If you're being told simply don't interfere, with a human sacrifice because we have no chance of changing it and it's only going to get us killed too, that would be legitimate. If you're being told to participate in some way, it gets more complicated and you have to invoke what are called the principles of cooperation with evil. Um, Because we live in a fallen world, uh, we always cooperate in one degree or another with people who are going to do something wrong. You can't buy a pizza without running the risk. The pizza guy is going to use some of his wages to buy porn. You know, you just, it's impossible to disentangle yourself from, from other people who are going to make bad moral choices at some point. And so um, so Catholic moral theologians have developed these principles. They're called principles of cooperation with evil. A key principle is you yourself cannot approve of the evil. And obviously, these characters are not approving of human sacrifice. Another principle is you yourself can't do something that's intrinsically evil. So, like, I can't kill an innocent person, even if someone's trying to force me to. I could not hold the knife, for example. But if you're doing something that's not itself intrinsically evil, it gets dicier. Um, Like, could I help walk a person to the place of their execution. Well, okay, it's not intrinsically evil to walk someone somewhere, but it's getting really dicey here. And here's where theologians would have potentially a difference of opinion. Um, if you're just a one guard among many walking someone somewhere, mm-hmm. and you would instantly be replaced by somebody else if you stepped out, then someone... some. Theologians could look at that and say, well, maybe if your own life is on the line, you could be justified in playing that minimal role since what you're doing is not intrinsically evil. Um, others would look at it and say, nope, you're still too close, uh, morally speaking, to the commission of an evil act. You can't do that.
0: And, and interesting, in this case, what what's happening is, is we have a, a willing victim and Ian is holding his legs. So we're not having – he's not dragging someone unwilling. He's sort of accompanying, um, and he's just holding the legs of someone who has offered himself. Uh, so I, I yeah, wonder – To me,
2: this is too close. Holding the legs yeah. is too close because yeah. that yeah. presupposes you're thwarting – if he does change his mind, yeah. you're thwarting his ability to get off the altar.
0: But would, but if he's, if he's just accompanying someone who's walking willingly, maybe that's remote – enough it it's re, it's remote enough that some
2: theologians would say if you're if you're in danger yourself you could you could do it in that situation
0: right and we should probably stipulate here that even in a, with a, with a willing uh, victim the, the the practice of human sacrifice still evil. is still evil yep. yeah that's exactly that's- Um, Although it's interesting, the doctor does say that you must respect the Aztec religion and culture, even if it Mm -hmm. includes human sacrifice. And that's one of the interesting things about
2: this episode is we have this clear recognition that human sacrifice is evil. But they really are making an effort to to acknowledge that there are other aspects to Aztec culture that that can be appreciated and respected, Mm -hmm. even if they have even though they have this really huge problem right here.
0: Right. right, right, exactly. Um, so, uh, the, the, an interesting moment uh, where the doctor talks about uh, that he is a, uh, he's trying to get the plans to the to the temple to figure out how to get back into this room. He just he, he just assumes that there must be a way into the room that holds the TARDIS. That uh, there must be a secret entrance. <laughs> that's
2: that's reasonable. Yeah. Well, uh, well, it's reasonable. There's some way to get back in.
0: Yes, uh, but he he describes himself as a scientist. An engineer, a builder of things. I just I thought that was an interesting way for to kind of the doctor to kind of outline who he is in these early stages. It's sort of progressive,
2: too, because if you're talking to someone from a pre-scientific civilization, saying I'm a scientist, isn't going to cut it. And then, okay, maybe we can make it more concrete. I'm an engineer. Okay, they're not going to have that word either. I'm a builder of things.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right, (laughs) right. Um. The doctor uh, accidentally betrays Ian with Ixte. Uh, Ixte is the son of the guy who built the temple. Um, right. uh, the doctor doesn't really Ixta, realize Ixte is the uh, champion that Ian is going to have to fight, and so he gives <laughs> Ixte this this thorn that will paralyze his opponent, uh, not realizing it's Ian. I, I just I kind of liked how th- this this story is multi layered. It's a com- yeah. it's a mm-hmm. complex story that you have to kind of keep track of several things at once. Uh, and, and I like
2: that. And Ixta has told the doctor that this is not a fight to the death. So right. he's whoever whoever he's giving the thorn to is not going to be killed.
0: Right. That's a, that's an important point. Uh, and then, this
2: was a, it was a natural tranquilizer. Yeah. Yeah. The the doctor had coated the thorn with a tranquilizer.
0: Uh, and then we have this combat between uh, Ian and Ixta. Uh, which uh, I I was waiting for someone to yell Kroika! and you know, so it's was like a, a, a Vulcan <laughs> combat in uh, a time, which is contemporaneous. The the
2: the the the
0: the style of on-screen fighting is very similar th- in that way. There's a lot of uh, very obvious like wide misses, and you know, uh, uh, they did th- it better on Star Trek. Though. They did, but there's a couple of times where it's like. Uh, I'm supposed to grab you and throw you, and I missed the grab. So I'm gonna. So my opponent's gonna hang the arm out there, waiting for me to get the grab. You know, like the a couple yep. of moments like that. But they used, they had the uh, the the weapons that they, it was. That's how an Aztec. I do know that an Aztec axe would have looked like would have been wood mm-hmm. with um, yep. obsidian. Yeah, obsidian mm-hmm. flakes in it um, for the sharpness. Uh, so. Uh, Is it like we talked before, is it believable that Ian could defeat uh, the leader of the Aztec army? Maybe, maybe not.
2: (laughs) It's on the the bubble.
0: Yeah. Um, So the doctor, you know, uh, as we as we progress to this, um, he offers to take Barbara away and leave the Aztecs with the human sacrifice. If the priest gives him the secret to open the tomb, he's he's trying to make a deal. Like, look, you know, we'll go. We'll leave. Uh, we'll take your toxin with us. We'll leave you with, with intact the way you were. Just get us in the tomb. It doesn't work,
2: unfortunately. Well, um, the story would be over at that point if it did. Right,
0: right. Um, we also get um, uh, the, this scene in uh, where the doctor accidentally gets engaged to Kamika. There was this great moment when the doctor says to Ian that he's he's engaged. and Ian goes, "You're what?" <laughs> Like, yes, yeah. great reaction. <laughs> it was so funny. That
1: smart aleck grin that Ian had after that was
0: priceless. Oh yeah, like no, he just it, put it, it, to needle him a bit for it with it. Yep. Yeah,
2: you know what's and it, it, what's interesting is it, once the doctor realizes he engage, he's engaged, he doesn't immediately try to get out of it. Right, you know? he's not like saying, "Oh, my dear, there's been a terrible misunderstanding. I'm from another culture, and I didn't know that Coco has this significance here." <laughs> he's like willing to let this ride and play out, and
0: kind of see where it goes. I mean, Kamika is a catch, I guess. You know, the doctor. Yeah, I would think so. Um, and they, so Ian and the doctor discover that there's this um, tunnel that starts in the garden where he's been meeting with Kamika, the Garden of Peace. Uh, and actually i want to say with the garden of peace like we talk, i kind of joked it's the retirement community but in this aztec civilization it it's this um the have, the people over a certain over, age yeah
2: over 50 or something get to stay there and not participate in the battles and go out fighting and yeah. stuff
0: and and then people come and consult them for their wisdom i i kind of like that that's that is something admirable the aztecs i wish we did that more where we I consulted know. our elders for their wisdom um and and, and treasured them a little more um so uh, th- so they've discovered in this garden that there's a tunnel that, that Ian crawls into. He's going to climb climb in. It, it, it's supposed to lead to the tomb. But Ixta shows up, and he knows that Ian crawled in, and he, and he tricks the dark. He puts the, the stone back in place. It seals Ian in, and then it starts to fill with water. And that's how this, For this episode reasons. ends. For reasons. That's right. It yeah. uh, uh, part of the
1: irrigation system of the city or something like that.
0: Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, the actually tells the doctor that unless the stones put back, the garden will be flooded. Um, well, it turns out that it actually is a tunnel. And we get this sequence of events. It's kind of this fun little sequence of Ian climbing through various pl- places uh, with this uh, montage uh, of Ian. He finally gets into oh, yeah. the TARDIS. And, and
2: he's, he's he's in this, you know, Aztec costume at this point, kind of like when he was in Marco Polo. He had the kind of Chinese costume. Right. Um but he's in this Aztec costume and we get these shots of his legs and he's cli- as he's climbing up this ladder. And it's like, is he wearing Morris dancers bells? <laughs> I,
0: mean, <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: great. I mean, he's
0: definitely got bells strapped onto his legs, although they are Aztec, not Morris. Right. Right. Um, and so he gets back into the, uh, the, the tomb. Um, and so he, he really, he, he knows. Like, look, okay, I can't just like walk back out again because we'll be in the same position we were just in. So he finds some uh, leather straps or of some, some sort, um, attaches them to the top of the door where it swings. There's like, like a counterweight or something there that he could hook onto. Yeah, it's really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really kind of a counterweight um, above the 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 uh, rotation axle axis of the uh, of the door, um, and then kind of feeds it underneath. The problem is, is. Uh, in order to get enough pressure on it to pull it down, like, so I'm trying to I'm trying to explain this in words, this visual. So you're on the outside of the door and you're trying to pull the top of the inside of the door down so that it rotates, Um I don't know why he didn't just shove something in there to keep the door open. But.
2: Well, that would be too easy. To yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but, but to pull it down requires more force than Ian, the doctor, Barbara, and Susan can put on it. And it ended up actually, I think, breaking the strap yeah, at Yeah, the point. strap
2: breaks. And, uh, so the, and so the doctor says we need a pulley. Um, and, but the Aztecs don't have the wheel, which is a nice, you know, history point for the kids. Yeah. Um, and so the doctor proceeds to make a wheel yeah. so that he can use it as a pulley.
0: Yeah. He inv- invents the block and tackle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I did notice at the end of this episode, he took it with him. He didn't leave it for them to discover. Yes. He took <laughs> yeah. it into the, into the tomb. Yeah. Cause imagine if the Aztecs had the block and tackle before the Spanish game, how history would be different today.
2: I, I, I like the line where he's in the Garden of Peace making it, and he's got the wheel, and Kamika's like, I don't know what this is, but I sense it's going to take you from me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, that was actually a very clever line. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, th- this technology that he, she sees. Um, once again, two episodes, two stories in a row, Ian is framed for murder. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ian has got to stop putting himself in a position to be framed for murder. Uh, he, he is... Uh, Framed by the fact that his axe is used to to, to um, take down Otlock, who is Otlock. Barbara's yatox's uh, ally in in all of this. Uh, the, Except the, it wasn't really murder; it was just knocking him out. Right, right. Yeah. Attempted yeah. murder. Attempted murder. But it's like, well, who else could it be? It's your axe, right? What? What? No one else can take an axe and yeah, someone. But you know, it's you know that they're, they're primitive, so therefore they're gullible. Uh, is that idea? I think. Um, and then
2: um, I don't know that I'd view it that way. I, I think it's because they are trying to respect Aztec culture. I would just say it ha- they they don't look at they don't scrutinize or cross examine the evidence too closely because the plot would fall apart at that point. So right. They need the plot. Don't, to keep moving don't you in this mean direction.
1: they're not enlightened, you know, 20th <laughs> century Brits with their proper, you know, Rules of uh, evidence and
0: everything. <laughs> right. Is no, that really what happened here? I'm N- kidding. No, <laughs> I, I,
2: mean, I mean, the writers are not top drawer.
0: Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, a lot happens. As, as, this- and, and,
2: I don't, and I just say that in terms of, I mean, John Luccarati did some really nice stuff. I really like this story, but on this particular point there's there's just some hand waving going on oh,
0: yeah. i think well i was going to say so much happens in this final episode of the of the story that I, this, it wasn't really time really to develop anything else i mean this there's, there's a very complete the plot gets really uh archa- or or not arcane but really complicated Intricate in this mm-hmm. yeah. in this uh, part of the of the of the whole story. And, and it's uh, only this is only a four parter. Yeah, you know, it, it feels really fast paced as a result. <laughs> Comparatively, it does.
2: Compared to other other things in this era.
0: So Otlock, now that it looks like Barbara sent Ian to uh, to take him out for what again, there's a little hand waving. there. like, what would be her reasoning? He's her sole ally. And, and Barbara
2: points that out to Otlock. What yeah. possible reason would I have to harm you? And that's what makes Otlock start to rethink matters and say, maybe maybe I have been deceived here.
0: Right. And and Otlock, a very interesting uh, pl- development of the plot, decides, you know what? I don't know what's going on. My faith has now been unsettled. I'm going mm-hmm. to give up my position as high priest and go off into the wilderness to figure out what what's going on in my life. Yeah. I, I thought that was an interesting development. Yeah. So he actually, he loses his faith
2: and that's, mm-hmm. that's really interesting, you know, to, to see that played out. And again, on a children's show.
0: And, uh, and he hands over his badge of office, which that gives title and possession to all of his possessions to Kamika mm-hmm. to use, to help, um, not, well, to Ian, he thinks, is well, yeah. wants well, to and help Susan, Susan really, um, he was going to bribe the guard to get Susan, yeah, to get Susan free, because uh, he didn't think you could get Ian free of the charge of attempted murder. Um, and then I um, think like
1: that little one line where they're they're talking to the guard and and Ian just sneaks up behind him and chops him. It's like yeah.
2: Make his decision for him already. You know? <laughs> yeah, that was somebody had to make his decision for him as he was waffling.
0: Right, right. And so Ian puts on the uh, gar, uh the, the, the garb in order to sneak up to the place of the this there's going to be another sacrifice for the eclipse. So there's uh there's an eclipse coming and um they they get to the um the top of the pyramid, the place of sacrifice, um uh Tlatoxel is there. He's blinded by rage and tries to kill Barbara. Ian stops him. Ixta and Ian get into this great fight. Um, and Ian yeah. kills him by the Captain Kirk method of the the uh, rolling flip over off the side of the uh, <laughs> pyramid uh, where Ixta is crushed to the ground far below. It's really effective. I mean, yes. this is a
2: very dramatic fight. And I, and I and just like we saw the guy leap off of the pyramid to commit self-sacrifice earlier, we, we get to see Ixta, you know, flipped off the pyramid here. And it's it's a, it's another really dramatic moment. Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, and while all this is going on, the doctor, and Barbara and uh, Susan are trying to get the door open um, and Which they, they do. all they all escape through it. Uh, and in the end, the door, you know, the tomb door closes. They get they're going on the TARDIS. Tilatoxel is left there with the the victim, and he performs the sacrifice. Yeah, they cut away right before we see it, but the knife is like ready
2: to fall when they cut, yeah. so we know that guy died.
0: And it's yeah. a again on a children's show, human sacrifice. Yeah, uh, but, it, but and it's suicide followed, and, yeah. and
2: and and justifiable homicide. Right. You know, it's it, <laughs> it's followed up though with that that
1: great scene. So Kamika had given the doctor that little token. Yeah, and he right. Had it in his pocket, and he was—he took it out. He put it next to the body in the tomb. Took a couple of steps away. He, he almost went into the TARDIS. Turned around, grabbed it, put it back in his pocket, and went in.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. Which is awesome. And so that's that's that'll in my in my in my uh, story, River is going to turn to the doctor and say, "Oh, I remember when I gave you that," <laughs> and that'll be the moment of revelation. <laughs>
0: And he also consoles Barbara, Barbara right now is in sort of despairing, like what was the point of what's the point of traveling through time and space if you can't change anything yeah um, and 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 the doctor acknowledges we failed, but well, then
2: he goes on to say, you couldn't change the whole civilization, but you did change one man, uh yeah. even though Otlock lost his faith in human sacrifice, he found
0: a better faith right exactly exactly um. And then uh, as we as this, the, the episode ends, uh, we're setting up for our next episode where the doctor says, even though the controls tell him the TARDIS is stationary, some of the controls say they're stationary. Others indicate that it's still moving. Um, and Ian speculates that they've landed on something that's moving. Um, yeah. So but that'll get and, us to the next and, episode. And that's setting, it, given the
2: alternation of sci-fi and historical, the next is a sci-fi called The Sensorites. Right.
0: So, again, I I like where where
2: Susan develops telepathic powers,
0: showing us Time Lord telepathy for the first time. Interesting. Um, So uh, for me, I like this episode. It was it was Mm -hmm. interesting change of pace. Like in modern New who if they traveled to to Aztec times, you'd still have sci fi elements. I mean, they just would. Yeah. incorporate some kind of alien or something You'd like that. You have ice warriors showing up or something. <laughs> right, or uh, or a ship named after T- Tlatoxel or something uh, uh, that he doesn't <laughs> know about. Um, mm-hmm. th- but so, so I, I like this. I like the complexity of the plot, and I like the pacing. Again, maybe four episodes is a better pacing than six, or later oh, yeah. on War Games, what was it, 10? So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I felt like the story moved along a lot better than, than in others, uh, and I, I liked... The character development. I liked Ian in this. I liked mm-hmm. Barbara. I mean, I, as a, as companions, I really like Ian and Barbara. I really feel like yeah. Susan still feels a little like the shrill teenager a lot, but well,
2: that's that's how they write her. It's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. like in the next episode, it's kind of Susan centric, the the sensorite. so right. she gets a chance to shine there. Barbara gets to shine here, and this is actually uh, Jacqueline um, uh, Jacqueline right. Hill, the actress who right. played Barbara. This is her. This is her favorite story for obvious reasons.
0: Right, right, right. Um, so uh, I like it. You know, how, how do you guys feel about overall, your thoughts or anything else you want to say about this episode? Father Corey, you want to go first? No, I just I, I was, you know, of course, again,
1: setting the side that it was a 1960s TV show. So it, it had all the the issues with that it really was striking kind of how advanced of a storyline it really was. Yeah. I mean, there were still a few of the, you know, I've, I've made the comment before, you know, you watch some of these early episodes especially and you get the, okay, these are stage actors who are now or stage or radio actors who are now having to figure out this medium called TV. Yeah. Because we're still early enough in television where that is a reality. Um, this is an episode that it felt like it's really getting away from that. There was a mm-hmm. lot less. A dramatic you know, exposition and a lot more just showing it, you know, using the medium of what TV can do. Yeah. The fight was still a little fake. Where you had the guy swatting at the camera and then the other <laughs> guy, you know, like two seconds later, lifting up his guard, but still, right. you know, it was, there was still much more of the, this is telling the story as a TV show. will tell the story,
0: right?
1: Mm-hmm. you know,
2: I, I thought, I thought it, it's, it's very engaging, and I really like this story. Like I really like Marco Polo. They're both really good just as stories. Um, but I, – and, and I agree that they're beginning to figure out how to use TV a little bit better, and there's more showing. But there's still some – the acting, to me, seemed, still seemed quite theatrical. Oh, sure. Especially, especially the actor who plays Platoxel. I mean, he is really a scenery chewing villain <laughs> yes. who is just slinking around. Just from his body posture, it tells you he's evil. <laughs> like and- when he looks right at the camera, you're a false god, and I will, ex- I will expose, I will destroy you. you. <laughs> yeah, and, well, and I know it's we get lit. I was going to mention that next, I didn't but say it was get- perfect, but <laughs> well, no, no, no. But we get we get sh- asides you know, where the actor turns and talks to the audience and says things that the other characters are not meant to hear. And it's just like in a Shakespeare play where you have asides. And so we Mm -hmm. have Clotoxel turning to the camera as the cliffhanger for episode one and saying, she is a false goddess and I will destroy her or whatever. And that's our our out for the first episode. Um, Also, it struck me kind of related to that, that the... um, the cliffhangers in this series are kind of subdued instead of taking us right up to the moment where the doctor or one of his companions is in danger. They're, they're confident in just kind of getting us into the proximity of danger, like, like Plotoxel saying, I'm going to destroy her. Um, Barbara is not at that moment in danger. We're just being informed of a danger. And it's kind of more subdued than cliffhangers will be in the future. Um, One logic problem um, that I noted with this is, so if the old high priest was a god, why isn't Otlok considered a god? And Dom, your theory of ancestor deification could explain that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's still this weird thing where... At one point, uh, Clotoxel tries to poison Barbara as a way of testing her to right. see if she's mortal or not, and 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 so well, okay, if she's mortal, then <laughs> well. Okay, then she's obvious. How does that disprove her deity? Because the the previous high priest who they regarded as a god died. I guess ancestor deification is the only way to explain that, that he wasn't a god before, but he is now. Well, they talk about the spirit
1: of Yatoxel. Yeah. That she is the personification of the spirit of Yatoxel. Right. So So why should
2: that make her immortal?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she says that, that, yes, the spirit would continue, but I would die. The
2: body yeah. would die. Right. Yeah.
1: You know, right. So they kind of address that a little bit. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a, they don't put a lot of thought into it either.
2: I, I do like how, how, and I think they comment on this at one point, but I do like how comfortable the Aztecs are with the gender swapping deities.
0: Right. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, they're more
2: the accepting than we are of gender swapping time lords. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Overall, though, I did I did really like this story, and I wanted to comment in particular the impressive sets that mm-hmm. they have. You know, they they have, and it's obviously it's it's just a it's just a painting, yeah. But they they make an effort at here's this Aztec city that we can mm-hmm. see from the top of the pyramid, right? And and so I like the impressive sets, um, even the the rotating door is an interesting thing. I also really like the costumes and the makeup. So, like, if you haven't seen it, Platoxel, the High Priest of Sacrifice, he's got, in addition to this elaborate, you know, wig and headdress and all this Mm -hmm. stuff, he's got, like, a band of black around, just around the bottom of his face that sets off his mouth. But it goes, it's not, like, around his mouth. It's a band that goes from ear to ear. Mm -hmm. And it's really effectively creepy. Um, Also, the costumes are really nice. Ian's costume when he first uh, puts on the uh, his Aztec warrior suit, it's it's this he's got this elaborate kind of bird oriented costume. Later, uh, Ixta wears a jaguar costume where he's got mm-hmm. this jaguar head, and that's like right out of um, manuscripts that we mm-hmm. have in, in illustrations from Aztec culture. We know they wore costumes like this, and and they've really made an effort to do that on this show which is significant because they couldn't this isn't an established historical period in british drama they can't just go get the elizabethan costumes out of the (laughs) cupboard and use them they had to make these things and they've really gone to a lot of effort to do that and i think it makes the series very visually interesting and fun to watch
0: um one thing to note is that um Susan doesn't show up a lot in in this. I mean, she's like we said, she's sent off to a seminary. One of the reasons for that is that um, like in Keys of Marinus, uh, William Hartnell was on vacation for parts of that. Uh, Caroline Ford was on vacation for uh, parts of this as well. But Um, to keep her in the show, rather than just writing her off completely
2: for those episodes, what they did is during the previous serial, they filmed some inserts of her uh, in the seminary that they could drop into episodes two and three here.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So um, and then just a, like a production thing, they, they um, if you've ever seen the way we, we talked about the Adventures in Time and Space documentary, a dramatic documentary about the beginning of, of Doctor Who, how they were they were forced to start producing the show at the Lime Grove Studios, which was a really bad place. Well, this was the first The Warriors of Death was the first episode of, of Doctor Who recorded at BBC Television Center. Because Verdi Lambert, the, the producer, mm-hmm. uh, fought for it. Um, and uh, although they, it was only for one episode, and then they had to go back to Lime Grove after that. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, So just some interesting little behind-the-scenes bits. Um, so that's, I think that's about it. Uh, I was going to comment. I, I liked the, what they did with this. Given the constraints of the time, I like what they did with the sets. Um, mm-hmm. if, if they had today's budget and today's technology um in the same story i think it would be a, a, amazing it would be a great it would be a great uh, episode of doctor who uh on today's show so um i think given the constraints of time looking back from what we have now um it's a lot of fun so i think uh, i think that's it um what did you think of the first this first doctor story of the aztecs uh let us know uh, by visiting us at sqpn.com uh or the secrets of doctor who facebook page and leave us some feedback uh, send us an email to Who at sqpn.com. You can send us an audio file. We'd love to play that on uh, on the podcast. You can find links to all our personal social media and websites on our show notes on sqpn.com, including um, a link to BritBox.com, which is a way to watch some of these classic Dr. Who episodes. The ones that are all available um, are on BritBox, which is a pay streaming service. Um, we don't have any kickback from them, it's although we take some if they offered it. We but should get one. We should get yeah. it. Yeah, they should offer an affiliate. Um, it's like six bucks a month if you want to do it. And if you do it for one month, you can watch as much talk to for six bucks. Um, but anyway, we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the 10th uh, Doctor, the David Tennant story, Love and Monsters. Uh, ooh,
2: considered ooh. one of the worst of the run. <laughs> oh. this,
0: this is uh, up, only, up with the well, only,
1: only Only disclaimer about that one is at least the good thing is it's got music from ELO, which is a... <laughs> I personally like that's mm-hmm. I think. so we're gonna have fun in this next episode. Let's put it that way, yeah. folks.
0: The uh, reviews of bad movies, bad restaurants, bad TV shows are the most fun. So, we'll, yeah. we're gonna pay the price for you because this is gonna be a lot of fun. So, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> so, until then, Jimmy Aiken, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Doctor Who. Thanks, Tom. Father Corey Stika, thank you as well. Well, thank you. And once again, I'm Don Bettinelli. Thank you for listening. And remember, be careful who you offer a drink of chocolate to. You may end up married. When will I see you again? Ah, uh, soon, I expect. Or later. One of those.